good morning and uh, welcome to New Hope this morning and uh, hope everybody's having a good morning and a good Valentine's Day. Um, I wanted to read a familiar scripture uh, that's in Daniel uh, chapter 3, 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down and worship the king or the golden image he set up, may we have that same courage to not worship or place anything above you in our lives. Sometimes even fear can become an idol to us because we're not giving it up to you and instead we're letting it control us. The world seems to be literally locked down in fear right now. And if we let it, it can become our constant companion that we let take the place of you, Father. It robs us of our hope and joy in our lives, not only for today, but into the future. So forgive us, Lord, when we let our fear be larger than our faith. And when we forget that you are a faithful God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Before I get started and get rolling this morning, next Sunday, February 21st, we will have a VBS meeting, and that will be at 530 in the Hope Center. And I need everybody there that has anything to do with VBS, because uh, we plan on getting a lot kind of taken care of in a short amount of time. So please, next week, 530 um, in the Hope Center. This morning, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18. You want to go ahead and grab your scripture and turn there, but we're going to pray real quick, and we're going to dive into what the Lord has for us to hear this morning. Heavenly Father, once again, we, we just ask that you come into this place. Father, I pray that you use me this morning, and Father, I pray that the right person is tuned in or sitting here this morning, and they don't know you, and today will be their day of salvation. We thank you. We love you. All this in your name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house, amen. So if you don't know yet, um, today is Valentine's Day, so I'm wearing a red uh, shirt. I told my wife, I said, pick me out something to wear, and this is what I got. So I think she did that because it's Valentine's Day, but turn to your neighbor and tell them happy Valentine's Day. And if you're at home, uh, and then turn to the person you don't like as much, and then tell them happy Valentine's Day. And if you're at home, you probably want to lean over on the couch and tell somebody happy Valentine's Day, your dog or something, right? Because if I was at home watching this, my dog would be around me, we'd all kind of be just quarantined up in one little area. So, you know, if you are at home, uh, good to see you this morning, and uh, grab your copy of God's Word too. But this morning, our main point this morning, kind of what I wanted you to put your mind around, is that our sacrifice determines our presence. Our sacrifice determines our presence. And what I mean by that is that we have what we call idols. And some of you are like, well, I don't have no idols. We all do, right? 
So this morning I kind of got a few pictures, and, and, and we're going to kind of go through them. And, 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 and you may not relate to some of these. I may not relate to some of these. But these are just kind of examples. So the first picture that we have this morning is, is money. Right? We, there, people idolize money. Now, I, I can't really put myself in that category, probably because I don't have enough of it or something like that. But there are people who idolize money. There are people that that is their life, is making money. And they will put this in front of everything else in their life. They will pursue this with any means necessary. Right? There's people who, that is their main focus. Now listen, I'm not saying money's bad. I'm just saying when you put money in front of Christ, then it is bad. Money is why some folks do what they do in this country. It's because of money. Money makes people do all kind of crazy things to their own family. Listen, I've seen it. Somebody in your family passes away, they got a little bit of money, and the whole family loses their minds. Next thing you know, you're on Jerry Springer trying to figure something out, right? No, you're not, but hey, it's okay, we can laugh, right? But money, money does, makes you do crazy things. The second picture um, is a boat. Now, I, I got this picture because this is you kind of idolizing your neighbor stuff, right? Your neighbor stuff. Now, where I come from, boats are a big deal. Right? Like, we will, we will get a boat, and we will live in a camper. Right? And we will love that boat. We might even stay in the boat and not even get a camper, because we're going to take that boat everywhere. We will hook that boat up to an S10, and we will ride around town and go through McDonald's and all kind of other places so everybody can see in that boat. We have parades, and people are in boats just throwing out beads. Right? We, that, never mind. We, we can't talk about that. We're in church. Right? You know? But... Hey, it's, it's for real though. Don't idolize your neighbor's stuff. Now, I live in an apartment complex, so as I'm walking my dog, I'm constantly going, man, if I find a house, I will get up out of this place because it's cold, and I'm walking my dog, and it's 26, and it's like feels like it's 12, and there's nobody else outside, but we do that, right? We, we look at what somebody else has, has, and we're like, man, I need that. And you don't even need it. It just goes to your mind that you need that, you want that. So then it becomes all that you think about, right? Our next picture is going to be a little bit lighter, right? Because this is, this is at Chuck E. Cheese, right? This is, uh, we idolize families. Listen to me this morning, church. I idolized families about six, seven years ago. When me and my wife were trying to have Layla and we did IVF, I idolized families all I could. I would see people in, in, in the stores with babies, and I'd be like, man, that's what I want. We do. We idolize other people's families because we look at their kids and we say they're so much better than ours, or whatever we do in our minds, and it causes us to idolize it. It causes us to want that. Isn't it odd how when we idolize things, it's never enough? We always want more. We always want more. Like if we talk about money this morning, you can have X amount of money that you think you need and you always want more, right? You can see your neighbor's stuff and then you get something bigger, but you still want more. And we do that. And we do that in all different aspects of our lives this morning. We put all kind of things in front of Christ. And this is what the problem is, church, is that we wonder, well, why am I not as close to God as I need to be? Why am I, my relationship not growing as much as it should? Maybe because you have different idols. Now, this was Chuck E. Cheese. Now, Chuck E. Cheese is good. Look, we found like a $15 deal for like an hour, and they give you a card, right? And you can play all the games for an hour. 
Man, I'm telling you what, that last five minutes, kids were just getting ran slapped over. Because I was like, I got five minutes left in this car. And I had this one little kid, he came up to me. Now, I like to drive in cars. It's weird, I hate driving, but I'll, I'll go to arcade and play driving cars, right? And this one little kid's like, hey, man, I can use your car. I'm like, sure, dude, I got a free hour. I gave it to him, let him use it. He gave it back. Later on, I got like a minute on the clock left, my hour's up, and the kid's like, hey, can I borrow your car? I'm like, no. I'm trying to figure out my next two games I'm going to get in real quick before my hour's up. But, no, we do like a family day every Thursday, and this was like Chuck E. Cheese. We had a great time, and it was, it was a fun time, and, and I, I totally encouraged that, right? My next picture, now this is going to hit a little bit closer to home. Now, some of you are like, hold on, that's the, I got that off the Facebook page, too. It's a pretty good picture. I, I don't know what time of year it was taken, but somebody was had a steady hand, because I can't take that good a picture, right? Some of my pictures come out all blurry. Amy's like, Layla put on something to wear to school, and I'll take a picture of it. She's like, it's so blurry. And I'm like, I'll do it again. Hold on. And it's just as blurry. I, I, you know. But this is the church. Now, of course, I use New Hope, but we can say the church. And this is what some of us do with the church, is we idolize this building. We're more concerned about this building than what we are what happens inside this building. We're more concerned about how this building looks than what we are about how people are going out of here looking. And this is the American church today, is that American church today across the boards is more concerned about the upkeep and the look of the church than they are what happens and the impact they have on the community. And we wonder why all around the church people are dying and going to hell and they won't come to church. It's because we're more worried about outside and inside than the actual church, which is who's sitting here this morning. Listen, the church is also gathered around computers this morning too because that's the church. And see, I want to send you a warning because I personally think the church is under attack. And the church is under attack because we became lackadaisical with the church. We're more worried about what, we're, what it looks like and, and who's who than we are about anything else. Are we reaching people for Christ? That's the question. Are we sharing the gospel? That's another question. What are we doing with this building? Besides the upkeep, what are we doing with it? The church is meant to have an impact on the community, and when the church is no longer having an impact on the community, this is nothing but a tax-exempt country club. And listen to me, the church is under attack. And it's going to continue to be under attack. And we've got to quit idolizing this building because this building means nothing. The church I served before I came here, we met in an old Italian restaurant. Literally, that's what it was. It was an old Italian restaurant. They still had like the buffet line in the middle of the church. And we had church. It's not about the building. And this also isn't about New Hope. This is about the church in general. So this morning... We're going to dive into 1 Kings, we're going to have a little bit of fun, and we're going to see what the Lord has for us to hear, right? So 1 Kings chapter 18, we're going to pick it up, verses 20 through 21, and then we're going to skip to verses 30 through 40, right? So we're going to start in verses 20 through 21, and then we're going to go to verse 30 and go to 40. So verse 21 says, or verse 20 says, So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel, and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long 
before the people and said, how long will you waver before, between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. So now let's skip to verse 30. It says, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins. Elijah took twelve stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seeds of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said. They did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Then Elijah commanded them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. All right. It's a lot to take in, right? First thing I want to point out is the Lord has said ten times. Don't let that be lost amongst all these verses. The Lord is mentioned ten times. I think that's a pretty big deal because I think that gets lost in our world. In our day-to-day world, I think the Lord gets lost sometimes. And this morning, he's saying ten times, ten different times in those scriptures, the name Lord. Right? So I got four points this morning, and then we'll be done. And you can go have a great Valentine's Day. If you didn't know it's Valentine's Day, you better go find something for Valentine's Day now. Listen, some of you are going to be in trouble. I'm not. The trouble I got into is that we all went to, never mind, we, we're, getting, we're getting side. y'all got me sidetracked. We went to Walmart as a family and did the whole Valentine's thing, and I've got, got my bag, like we're leaving, right? And I got my bag of, obviously, my wife's and my daughter's stuff, and she's like, hold on. Might as well take it back because I see it. I see everything you get. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? Am I supposed to, like, run out of here like I stole it or something? Like, I mean, we're in the same vehicle. All right, so we got four points. That was free. Listen, that was free of charge. Somebody at home's like, oh, man, I got to go to Walmart. My wife's still in bed right now. All right, so we got four points. The first point is identify the idols in your life. Identify the idols in your life. Now, this is tough, right, because we went through some idols earlier, and some of those idols fit us, and some of those idols don't fit us, right? Like, money don't really fit me, right? A boat. I could use a boat. I'd be fine with like a pontoon boat. I don't need a big boat. I just need something to kind of get around. So that don't really fit me either. Family kind of does. My idols comes in the form of athletes. That's what my idols come as, right? 
And, and, and that's just me being honest. So we got to identify those idols in our lives. Because when we don't identify them, then we cannot take care of them. Right? If we fail to admit where we came short, then we're not going to move past it. And if you're sitting here this morning, you're saying, well, I don't have no idols. Okay, then you're going to walk right back out that door, go right back home, and go right back into what you're doing. And you're going to wonder why it's not getting any better. Because we fail to acknowledge things that we put before God in our lives. And it can be simple. So we got to identify that, right? Verses 20, 1 Kings verse 20 through 21, it says, So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? How long are you going to waver between two opinions? How long are you going to let these other idols keep creeping up into your life and taking present? Right? How long are you going to allow that to take place? Because the more you allow that to take place, the more it affects your relationship. It could be something simple. I don't know what it is. Right? I have no clue. But how long are you going to let that keep going? Because somebody's got to win. Right? Anytime there's anything competitive, somebody's going to win. That's what I hate. I hate whenever you're watching like a good boxing fight and it's a draw, or a UFC fight and it's a draw. I'm like, man, I just wasted all that time and nobody won. No, somebody's going to win. And this morning, your idol's going to win or either Jesus is going to win. Who's going to win this morning? Right? That brings us to number two. Number two, have a showdown. Oh, I love a good showdown. I love a good showdown. I eat it up. Like I, I'm, I, listen, I'm a, I'm a UFC fan, I'm a boxing fan, I'm a, I'm a fan of just about anything, but I love a good fight, right? Because I love whenever they build it up. You know, my, my main guy's, a, I mean, he took it on the chin like last month, Conor McGregor, but I love whenever he'll sell a fight. I mean, he will sell a fight. Like, he will, he will talk trash about somebody's mom. He don't know him, right? He's just selling the fight. He's getting me paid for it, right? Well, not really. But, I mean, he's getting me bought into it. Back when I was a kid... The big fighter, the best fighter around was Mike Tyson. And man, we loved Mike Tyson. Listen, we'd, we'd watch that dude, and we'd stay up to like 1 o'clock in the morning to watch him fight, and he always put on a show. It never went the distance, right? It never went the distance. He'd always knock somebody out in the second, first or second round. But man, he would sell it, and he would sell it good. you got to have a showdown. you got any time you're giving something up, or, or something's about to take place, there's got to be a showdown. Like, they tried to have a showdown at the Super Bowl, but anybody that pays attention to any kind of football knew that Tom Brady was just on a whole other level than, than Patrick Mahomes. It's just the way it is, right? There's no showdown there. But you've got to have a showdown. You've got to. Listen, look at verses 30 through 32. Verses 30 through 32, it says, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins. Elijah took 12 stones. So first of all, you've got to understand, the altar is in ruins. And he's going to repair it, and he's going to take care of it, right? He's going to do what he's got to do because there's a showdown occurring. He's like, hey, I'm going to fix this. Some of us need to fix some things that are going on in our personal lives, right? And it goes on to say, Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. 
He built the altar in the name of the Lord. Some of us need to do that this morning. We need to say, you know what? God comes first. My family comes second. My job comes next. Whatever it is comes after that, but God comes first. Until we put God first, this church will not be where it needs to be. Until we put God first, we're not going to reach the folks that are unreachable. We're not going to reach the folks that don't want to hear what's in this book. We're not going to reach them. Because we're not doing what we're telling them we're doing. Right? If we don't put God first, and we got other things in front of God, and God's just convenient because He's on Sunday, and we know where it's going to take place at, at the church, right? Then, it, then what does it mean? It doesn't mean nothing. It's about putting Him first. It's about saying, hey, you know what? All this other stuff's going to cease to exist. Let me tell you a point that God's been driving home with me. He's telling me, hey, listen here. All this sports that you're really involved in, that you really care about, is not going to mean anything when it's over. That trophy that they competed for last week, it's just going to collect dust. It almost like fell into the river. Right? I don't know if you've seen the video or not, but like Tom Brady just chunks that thing, and I'm like, man, do another boat. But I'm like, all that's going to mean nothing when it's over. It's going to mean nothing. What is going to mean anything is your walk with Christ. What did you do with Christ is what's going to mean anything. This other stuff, money's going to come and go. Boats, unfortunately, are going to come and go or whatever. Family, unfortunately, is going to come and go. Your walk with Christ should always be there. It should, it should always be there. It should be flourishing. Right? It should be flourishing. And it goes on to say that he dug a trench around it, because that's what we do, right? We dig trenches around our, our idols, and we don't want nothing to get to it. And, and, and large enough to hold two seeds of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bulls into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Listen to me. We got to do that with our walk. We've got to make sure it's taken care of. We've got to make sure it's okay. If you're not doing that, with your, if you're not getting up and spending time in God's Word, if you're not getting up and talking to God daily, if you're not doing those things that you need to be doing, your walk's going to suffer, and it's, gonna, somebody, it, it's not going to take present in your life. You have to take care of it. You have to nur nurture it. You have to do those things. Point number three. If you're a mathematician, that means we're halfway home. Right, we're halfway home. Point number three, bring a sacrifice. Bring a sacrifice. Now, I think this is important because this means you're giving something up, right? This means you're willing to give something up. Now, now coming from where I come from, which is the deep south, they're currently going through like a freeze, and everybody's like, I mean, they got, they, they're just losing their minds, right? You bring something anytime you go somewhere. Like if somebody invites you to come over, you take something with you. If you don't, it's not going to look good, and you should feel guilty, right? Like if somebody's like, hey, we're going to hang out and, and, and throw some burgers on the grill, and we're going to watch a ball game, you better bring something with you. You don't roll up with nothing. Like if you roll up with something and you eat, I mean, listen, you better, you better, you better, pray, you better pray over that thing twice, when it, when it, you know, because it's, it's not going to end well for you. Like if somebody says, hey, we're going to have something to eat, you're going to figure out, okay, hold on. If we're having burgers, we need chips, definitely need some hot chips. Let me bring that. 
Let me bring, let me bring that, you know, and, and I'll take that with me, or potato salad or whatever you want. Not, I don't really like beans. I wasn't going to say beans. Bring that. I'm not, that's not my cup of tea. The only kind I like is red over some rice. So maybe you're going to figure that out, right? But you bring something. That's what you do. Or if you're really good, you bring something sweet. You're like, man, I'm going to bring something sweet, and everybody's going to love it, and it's going to be a great time. You have to bring something. This morning, verses 35 through 37, 35 through 37, it says, the water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench, right? Because the water's overflowing. Like, it can't be contained, right? That's how your walk with Christ is. If you're doing what you need to be doing, and that is that's first and foremost on your list, it's going to overflow. It's going to touch everybody around you, right? Meaning you've just spent like a month on overflow, whole series. So it should, it should do that, right? It should do that. And it goes on to say, at the time of sacrifice, that's the key, at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God of is- in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. So basically he's saying, hey, let it be known that you're my God, I serve you. He's willing to give up everything else. He's willing to give up whatever else he's putting forth and he's putting first, and he's saying, hey, you're my God. I want to serve you and serve you only. And I'm putting you first on my list. I'm not putting you when it's convenient. I'm not putting you whenever I have time. I'm not putting you at the end of the day. I'm putting you first on my list. You know, I, I, I meet with youth pastors. that We meet every week like at, at Shelby Cafe in the morning, and we have like a two-hour conversation, usually about sports and all kind of other stuff. Um, wine division is a real hot topic right now. Just, you know, things that are important, right? And we discuss why people's relationships are suffering with their walk. And one thing that we kind of realize is that people fit God in when they have time. Right? They get up, they go to work, they come home, they cook a good meal, they sit down, they have a little family time, and then at the end of the night, if they have time, then they spend a little time in prayer or they spend a little time in scriptures. And that's where we mess up. That's where we mess up. Because if we do that, it might work out like that for a little while, but at some point, we're going to run out of time. And that run out of time turns into the next day and the next day and the next day. Before we know it, we're a week away from doing that. Because all of a sudden, we don't have time. See, I want to encourage you, church, to put him first and foremost of everything that you do. The best time is the morning time when you first get up, right? When that coffee's brewing and everything's going and your whole day's getting started, that's when you spend your time with the Lord. He deserves your best. Everything else deserves your rest. Everything else can get all the other stuff. He deserves your best. And we don't always offer that to him. Right? We don't always offer that to Him. If we're truly bringing a sacrifice, we're going to bring the best thing that we have, and we're going to say, here it is. Here it is. We're not going to say, well, you know what? Hold on. I got this over here, and I got a little bit of time. Let me give you this little bit of stuff and just push it forward and say, that, that should be good enough. No, it shouldn't. That's the scraps. 
That's whenever you're laying on the couch, you ain't got nothing to do. That's when you can fill your other idols. Right? If we're being honest today. Point number four. Point number four. No sacrifice equals no fire. If you don't want to bring a sacrifice, if you don't want to do that, that equals you don't have a true passion. You don't, you don't have what you need to have. Right? Because anything in life is about sacrifice. Right? Anything in life that's worth having is about sacrifice. If you don't put in the time and the effort, then you're going to get whatever results you get. You have to sacrifice. This is like February, so a lot of times the first of January, people was like, I want to put it on top of my list. I want to get in better shape. Right? And they want to cut corners. They want to do all these things that they want to do, and they don't want to put in the sacrifice that it takes to do it. And then they wonder why come March or April they no longer can get up and go to the gym or they no longer can do that because they're not truly putting in what they need to put in. They're trying to get around it. They're trying to get results without putting it in. It's the same thing. It happens in athletics too. If you don't want to put in the work, you don't deserve the results. I was watching a thing the other day and it was talking. It was interviewing Brett Favre and he's not my favorite quarterback. He's not my favorite team, but anyhow. Um, he's around my part. He's from around my part of the world. Let's put it that way. And they were asking him. They said, "Hey, what do you miss most about competing?" He said, "Man, I, I don't miss the practices. I don't miss the film study. I don't miss none of. You know what I miss?" He said, "I miss hanging out with the guys and getting through the day-to-day grind. That's what he missed. If you don't want to do everything it takes, you're not going to get where you need to get. I'm going to say that in church terms now." If you don't want to read your Bible, if you don't want to pray, and you don't want to attend a service because you have that desire to be around fellow believers, you're not going to get where you want to get. This is always going to be lukewarm, and it's never going to get you fully satisfied. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to turn to those other idols that we looked at earlier, and that's going to help satisfy you. Because the devil's telling you, you're not full. You need something else. That's the truth. That's what they're not saying in church anymore. Right now in churches we're saying, hey, everything's great. No, it's not. We're failing. We're failing because we don't want to bring sacrifices. We don't want to do all these things. We just want to get to the end. Right? We just want to meet Jesus and live in paradise. When there's so much to do here. This isn't our home. This is where we're at. But we have so much work here to do. We have so much work here to do. And it says that, listen to verses 38 through 40. 38 through 40. It says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice. Listen to me this morning. That's what some of us need to do. Some of us this morning, we need to let the Lord burn up our fake idols that we have, and we need to give it to Him this morning and say, It's yours. Take it. Take it away from me. And it goes on to say, The wood... The stones and the soil also licked up the water in the trench. Wait, I'm on the wrong. Yep, I'm on the right one. Water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. That's what some of us need to do. We got to say, The Lord's God. He's God of everything. He's not God of some things in our lives. He's God of everything. You see, us as Christians, we like to take 
I like to think of it like a good dinner plate, right, where you got your protein, and your protein easily takes over three-quarters of that plate. Right? If it don't take up three-quarters, that's not worth having, right? Because you just need a little bit on the side for whatever it is. Right? So I want you to think about a plate, and you got three-quarters of it as your protein. The other quarter of it is just your sides, whatever, whatever it is. And see, what we like to do in the church world is we like to give God these, this quarter over here, and we want to keep the big hunk to ourselves. And we don't want to give that up. And we'll carry that thing around, and we will, we will make sure that nobody gets it, nobody touches it. And this morning, if, if the reason there's no fire in your life might be because there's no sacrifice in your heart. That may be the reason why there's no fire. Because you refuse to let things go. You want to tote it around like a surprise. Hey, listen to me. Before I gave this to guys to you, before I gave this to you, God gave it to me, and I was like, man, I can't deal with this. Because he started pointing out things in my life, and I'm like, you're right. Like, you're right. Yeah, that's true. We gotta get our we gotta get on fire. You're not gonna reach a lost person if you're not on fire yourself. It's kind of like selling a product, right? You ever you ever watch Shark Tank and you see these folks come in there and they just half-hearted just get up there and they just kind of run it through their little thing and they don't, they don't really believe in what they're selling and neither do the sharks that are there. They don't believe in what they're selling so they don't get a deal. And then you get these other folks that go in there and they're just excited. They're on cloud nine. First they're happy to be on TV, right? And then they're happy to be selling their product in front of them and you can see it. That's what we must be as members of, of the church. We have to be on, sale, on fire for what we're selling. If we're not on fire for what we're selling, other people aren't going to buy it. And maybe the reason why we're not on fire is because we're not willing to give up sacrifices. And I don't want you to leave out here today and go, man, he's all about getting rid of idols and he's going to get rid of, I got to get rid of mine in my time. Right? God's convicted me too. But we got to put God first. If God's not first for you as a regular member and for a church, then we're not going to reach who we need to reach. Right? So what's been, so my question is, what's number one in your heart? What's number one in your heart? And you may be sitting there this morning here or on, at, at your house or wherever you're at, and you'll be watching you say, man, I don't, I don't have God first in my life because I don't even know him. And hey, if you don't know him, then today needs to be your day of salvation, right? If you're like, how can I put him first? I don't have him nowhere on my list. He's nowhere on it because we like making lists, right? We like, that's what we like to do. Anytime we go to Walmart, we always have like a list. And if it ain't on the list, you ain't getting it. It don't matter if you forgot. Or if you just won't. So if you're sitting here today and you're like, hey, I don't have God nowhere on mine because I don't even know him, then today could be your day of salvation. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word. But God, we, we got to evaluate ourselves. And God, if there's something else in our lives that's taking precedent over you, God, we've got to rectify that. We've got to be a light for you in a dark and lost town. And Father, I just pray for each and every person that's here this morning. Father, I pray for the ones that are tuning in online. Father, I pray that 
they can evaluate their own hearts and they can say, hey, this is where things do line up in my life. And Father, as we have these next few moments, I just pray that you have your way and you move how you need to move. All this in your name. Amen.